The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to the penultimate episode of the Central City Citizen, a poppychularadio.com original series. Poppy Chula Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Thursday, May 18th, 2023, and I'm your host, Professor X. During this podcast, we'll be having an in-depth discussion on the CW's The Flash. Please welcome my co-host, Jeffrey Aruz. Welcome back, Central City of the present and the future. Let's jump into our discussion of Season 9, Episode 12, the penultimate episode of the series, which was titled A Whole New World Part 3. The episode aired May 17th, 2023. Here is the official synopsis of the episode. Team Flash works together to figure out how to protect Barry, all while being very careful who they trust. Cecile is skeptical of the plan after an unsuccessful attempt. Keon's confidence in Chester enables him to convince Cecile to try one more time. I am not going to miss these terrible terrible synopses yes uh okay so the episode opens up with a montage of events leading up to eddie thawne in his own grave at the end of last week's episode he says he needs to find out what's happening to him and he needs to find the flash when captain corbett questions him she's sucked into a mysterious blue vortex that opens up in the sky so r.i.p captain corbett good thing i gave her my mvp last week uh, at Star, the team tries to process what they know. The negative Speed Force is attacking them across space and time. Barry is still missing. Speed Force Nora shows up and tells him that the negative Speed Force has cloaked Barry in its own dark energy, and he's bouncing across time and is headed towards 2049, as is the Crystal. That Crystal will choose another victim, who will then attack Barry. Speed Force Nora can no longer help him, but warns that if Barry dies, their timeline will be erased forever. So, no pressure then. Jeff, how'd you like the opening? I thought the silent montage worked well, and maybe having Nora come back one last time to raise the stakes might have been overkill. The silent montage of Eddie I thought was really good, because what they did there was they really just focused on Eddie, and they were able to sort of show us, maybe in a better way than they did in the previous episode, exactly what's going on with Eddie. So if anyone was confused... I think the opening cleared it up in a big way for those out there really questioning everything that was going down. I do agree with you. I was like, they give this woman more lines than she's ever had in her life just to kill her. Really? I was like, poor Corber. Like, I felt for her. And all she wanted to do was help. But I guess Eddie did not have time for that. And Speed Force Nora, I get it. They needed information. But, like, the whole... I agree with you. It was just a hair overkill. Um, Yeah. I will say this also, because it sounds like I'm nitpicking from the beginning. I actually did enjoy this episode. Um, But but I do have certain nitpicks as well, as uh, you will hear. 
In the future, in 2049 at Star Labs, the team celebrates a victory with Nora as the team leader. Chester, Allegra, and Cecile seem to have barely aged in 26 years. <clears throat> There's an energy yeah. surge at the museum above the lab, and Eddie is in the museum. Eddie sees a video of Barry's greatest enemy, the reverse flash, and Eddie doesn't believe it because he saw the reverse flash die. Meanwhile, he's approached by a blonde version of Nora, saying she's his daughter. Eddie says he doesn't have a daughter, and blonde Nora says he can have one. He just has to come with her. Seems like a weird pickup line. Anyway, the real Nora <laughs> speeds in at super speed and rescues him from the vortex. She recognizes him as the long-deceased Eddie Thawne. If you're filling out your scorecard at home, that's our third Nora of the episode. Jeff, time jumps are often fun, seeing what happens to our characters. How would you like this glimpse of future Team Flash? Okay, here's a nitpick. This is my whole sitch about this sitch. I don't know if it was a cost-cutting measure. I don't know if it was a situation where they were like, let's just use the people that we have and let's not hire anybody else. I found it very strange, especially because in the course of nine seasons of The Flash, the team has changed drastically. You know, the team at the very start of the series is very different than we have now. It's, it, you know, they could have had random people that didn't even have dialogue and Nora's just in charge. It's it's a little unbelievable that it would just be Nora, clearly Barry, um, although he's out, he's out in space, um, like uh, Chester, Allegra, and Cecile. Like, it, it just, that was a little unbelievable to me. I didn't mind the aging up of Chester and Allegra by changing their clothing. I felt like that worked for Let's them. see how you look in 26 years, Jeff. Well... You're not going to look identical just with different clothes. I, true. I, I don't disagree with Future you. Future moisturizing may be spectacular. Maybe. Uh, um, but I, I didn't mind them... As much as Cecile, and this is not to age anybody, and this is not to age shame or be an ageist. I feel like you can do anything at any age. But Cecile, in the year 2049, is going to be between 70 and 80 years old. Is 70 or 80? Yes, 70 and 80 years old. She looked fantastic. I would say between 60s and 70s. Uh, well, like, I'm going by Danielle Nicolet's right actual age. Well, I'm going by, like, I'm just assuming, let's say around 40. Uh, so, you know, at least 66. At least. I mean, she was, the way she reacted to herself is the way that she should, because she's going to be like a, a damn near 70-year-old woman. Um, Joe, like, I can't even imagine, the fact that Joe's alive... I, I props to him. You know, that that's some good living and some good health and some good genes. Because I was just like, and Cecile rocking the leather. And I don't know. It just, and she only has this gray streak of hair and she's like damn near 70 years old. That was the one thing that just pushed it for me. Like, yeah, like they did. Well, we're not talking about her, but one of the characters I've seen later on, I mean, they aged her up. Like normal, like and how, yes. I'm like, we'll how is she? We get yes, that and then I was like, how is she old, looking behavior. older than Cecile? Like, yeah. it, I was so confused. But um, okay, wait, 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 um, because we're also talking about Nora and the bad wig. 
I liked that wig. I thought that was a very good look for uh, uh, Jessica. Okay, I did not care for the wig. It was a bad wig. We had to see it multiple times throughout the episode. So, I listen, I understand what the the negative speed force was doing. We have to remember, we've seen the negative speed force before. The negative speed force corrupts a person. And we'll take a very nice individual and turn them bad. And we'll take a bad individual and turn them even worse. So... I, I did not mind what the negative speed force was doing, but I'm like, just because you're a white man having sex with Iris West Island black woman, it does not mean your child is going to look the exact same way. Like, that's, a, that's another moment in which they should have just paid for an extra that had, like, three lines, and, and it should not have been Nora. That that's my opinion. I get what the negative speed four was was doing. You know, he took your life, but it maybe it was a moment because you know it just in my mind I'm like there's no way in hell you Eddie and uh, and Iris were going to have a child and would look exactly like Nora West Allen. No, obviously not. I mean it's uh, it's silly, but as you say, it it is you know you know, playing on that manipulation game, you know, and again, all of this has to be headcan on our parts, that, uh, that it's sort of setting up the argument that, you know, Barry stole all of this from you and all of this could be yours, uh, and so on and so forth, although it doesn't tend to work out very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, future Team Flash figures out Eddie really is Eddie, but he's giving off a lot of radiation. Nora goes to talk to him. He realizes she's Barry's daughter, and she tells him about when she met him back in 2013 during some time travel shenanigans. She tells him that the Vortex is a singularity that almost destroyed Central City the day that Eddie died, and Eddie starts to realize that his sacrifice back in Season 1 was futile. But it did save the city, Eddie, so maybe you're being a bit hard on yourself? Uh, Jeff, we still, at this point, haven't unraveled the mystery of Eddie's survival. What did you think about the way they spun it out? Eddie was trying to figure it out, even as we were trying to figure it out. You know what? I think they did the best that they could to try to explain it because it really is a fantastical tale. Um, you know, I mean, in essence, and I hope I'm not jumping too far ahead. Um, basically it is the negative speed force pulling him into the future, keeping him alive, creating this fantastical world to manipulate him into becoming its avatar. And I thought they did a good job of conveying that this episode. I know that last week, you know, there was a little bit of, of a confusion that we had in particular, you know, why did he still have the bullet uh, wound? Uh, he still had the actual bullet that he could pick out and, you know, the, the, the mysterious um, gunshot wound that was not there, but then all of a sudden appeared for dramatic effect when he was discovering that he's actually Eddie Thawne, the fantasticalness of it all, even with Corver, you know, being hella confused about the situation. So I, th- I think they did the best that they could to explain it. I will say this. I do enjoy that this is kind of a full circle storyline. You know, they had pretty much exhausted everything that they could with the reverse flash last season. So do I mean, because we have to remember, I mean, this is a, a plot point, not a plot point, but a real life plot point that we discussed last season. You know, the, the, the majority of the cast, I even think the showrunner thought that last season was going to be the final season. And so up to a certain point, they were writing 
that season, that season's finale as the series finale, because there were a lot of callbacks last season, too. But then they got renewed, and uh, so, you know, they have to make another story, and they did the best that they could with what they're doing, what they're doing in regards to full circle moments and that sort of thing. I thought the corruption of Eddie and I'm using corruption in air quotes, uh, basically the manipulation and that sort of thing that really worked. And I actually really enjoyed Rick Cosnett as well, playing a very confused Eddie, you know, everything that was being done to him to manipulate him, pushing him in different directions, you know, seeing the, uh, uh, Negative Speed Force, fake Nora, uh, shoulda, coulda, woulda, and then seeing, like, actual Nora. Like, all of that kind of really worked for me, even though at the end of the day it is a very convoluted story. But let's be real, it's The Flash and it's also the Arrowverse. There are a lot of convoluted stories <laughs> in this um, this uh, it, franchise. So, you know, I was along for the ride. It, it didn't seem that convoluted. Back in the present, the team continues to try to figure out how to help Barry. Chester suggests that Cecile could try to project her consciousness into her future self. Days of future past, anyone? In 2049, Nora records a message for future Barry, but before she can leave the vault, the crystal finds her and possesses her. So that's our fourth Nora, negative speed force possessed Nora. Jeff, any concerns <laughs> with Cecile developing a brand new ability so late in the series? I mean, fuck it. We've been through this now how many times. She is the dreamer of this series. Shout out to Dreamer from Supergirl. You know, we've said it before, but I mean... Not in a similar costume later in the episode either. Yes. Although that costume was fantastic, but we'll give praise to that later on even more. Um, But yeah, it's like... and, And we've said it sort of like jokingly, but... Good grief. It's like, whatever we want to use you for, we're going to use you. I mean, at this point, it is the penultimate episode of not just the season, but the series. I'm like, fuck it. Give her a new power. Why not? She's so OP, much like Dreamer was over on Supergirl. I mean, you know, can she clone herself? Like, you know, I don't know what else she can do. Maybe it's the powers that kept her so youthful looking hey, in the future. Hey, there's some headcanon for you. Yeah, or because... maybe she's projecting projecting a psychic version of a younger, hotter version of herself. That uh, works. Everyone. Yes, why not? Uh, but, yeah, this was, you know, it, it was just, if this was any other episode and this was not the series, like, headed to the series finale, I would be like, what the fuck are they doing with Cecile? Because it is the penultimate episode of the series, I was like, you know what? She can have a new power. She can project herself into the future. She is that powerful. She's that advanced. Everyone knows it except for her. Um, But now she knows it, and so why not? Possessed Nora goes and talks to Eddie and starts to manipulate him. Back in 2023, Cecile projects herself into her future self. She likes what she sees, and quite rightly. However, there's a bunch of stuff past Cecile doesn't know about her future self, and that includes the fact that she only sees her family sporadically. Realizing that, she passes out and ends up back in her past self. She declares that she can't do it. She storms off, and Keon tells Chester he's the one who should talk to Cecile. Jeff, I realize we have to pad these episodes at 44 minutes, and almost nothing ever works for Team Flash on the first try, but did you buy Cecile's motivation? She's not just fighting to save Barry, but the whole timeline. But she can't focus because she's afraid she's going to become a bad mom. And also, your daughter is, what, 29 in the future? Maybe you don't see her every weekend. Most parents don't see their kids all that often. Oh, God, the storyline. The problem with this storyline is it needed to be done because 
we have been building up to this throughout this entire season. And let's be real, and this is no slight to Jesse L. Martin, but the only reason the storyline exists is because Jesse L. Martin cannot be on the show for the full season. Um, for what, And for whatever reason, I will blame maybe the writers, like whatever negotiation tactic that they used for whatever amount of episodes they could use Jesse L. Martin in this season. They did not space it out properly. Like, I, I still stick by what I said at the start of the season. They should have teamed Joe up with, um, her name is not Corber. What's the name of our uh, our wonderful police chief? Kramer. Kramer, there you go. It's another K one. Um, they should have teamed Joe up with Kramer, and, uh, you know, he goes off to investigate something, and whatever that something is tied back into, uh, um, you know, our, our final arc of uh, the season. I don't know how they would have done that, but I would have believed it because I would have wanted Joe to actually do something. That would have been the best way to do it. Like, I have to go to Coast City. Um, you know, there's some anomalies that Kramer wants me to uh, 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 research and that sort of thing. So I'm going to leave for about six months. That would have worked. We would have understood why he was not there for Barry's birthday. He's in deep undercover. And it would have explained it away. And But uh-huh. then Jenna would have had to be with Cecile, and that would have crimped Cecile's style as a uh, as a no, high-flying, jet-setting superhero. It would have worked because um, it seems like, as a cost-cutting measure, not everybody is in every episode. Um, so or at least not in every single scene, like we used to see people a lot more in episodes. Um, You know, so-and-so is babysitting. Oh, Allegra, you know, she moved in to, you know, help out. Uh, She's babysitting. Like, they could have explained it away, in a way, um, that I think would have worked for us as an audience. I mean, it's not like we see the child anyway, let's be honest. Um, We don't even see her as an adult. So, um, yeah, so uh, they should have just done something else, because this storyline... For me, as much as I enjoy Danny Nicolette, as much as I enjoy Cecile, it just doesn't fully work. Because once again, we get, well, we're not going to get, I won't, I won't, shout out to Dimitri, I won't dive deep into the full storyline. But we get sort of like a, a rationalization of what she hears. And that's what I thought from the beginning. I was like, you don't know all of the details. And also, like you said, Professor... Jenna is, like, at least 30 years old. And and not to say, you know, uh, because Jenna, well, no, Jenna would not even be Gen Z. Jenna is technically the generation after Gen Z, um, whatever that's going to be called. Um, so it's like, you know, maybe there's financial hardships in the future and she's still living at home. But... You know, in my mind, I still can't believe that Joe is living out in the country, you know, 30 years down the line. So, yeah, the storyline was a bit of a mess. Um, And it did seem like padding, unfortunately. As you suggested earlier, I find it hard to believe Joe is still living. 
26 Aww. years in the future. But anyway, at Mercury Labs in 2049, Possessed Nora suggests Eddie is there for a purpose. Perhaps it has something to do with the Thorns, which prompts Eddie to have a flashback to Eobar telling him he was the only Thorn forgotten by history. Nora suggests to Eddie that he could get his life back. Eddie starts to question Nora but when he realizes she's talking about hurting Barry, so she starts to goad him. She offers him the crystal, which calls to him, but he resists and runs out for air. While he's getting air, Barry appears. He hugs Nora, unaware that she's possessed, and she zaps him with the crystal. Well, if there was any doubt about it, those doubts are resolved. The negative speed force wants Eddie. We may not know why exactly yet, so don't go pulling a Dimitri, but it's pretty clear that's what's going on. Jeff, how'd you like how the scene played out and the way Eddie's sort of playing hard to get? I enjoyed it, uh, because at the end of the day, Eddie is a good person. You know, the Eddie that we saw in season one, sure, maybe there was a little bit of jealousy, rivalry, or whatever with Barry um, at a certain point, but Eddie was just a nice person. So the way that they played it with him being tempted and that sort of thing, it worked for me because he is a genuinely good person that is being used for a nefarious reason so all of that worked it it, listen i'm going to give eric wallace props he went back he picked the right flashback throughout the entire episode to really convey whatever it was that he was trying to convey for this storyline and it worked for me like i I enjoyed all of the, the callbacks that we're getting or that we have been getting throughout this arc i thought they did a they've been doing a really good job with it and once again i mean i'll give Props to him. I mean, Rick Cosnett did a really good job of conveying the confusion, the anger, the frustration, the this is the life I could have. You know, you're you're giving me this fantastical offer, but what does it mean? Why am I here? Who am I? What? Why am I still alive? That stuff. It, all of that worked for me. The fact that we got Barry about halfway through the episode, that was interesting as well. I, I've, I've been reading an interesting bit of chatter online where people are like, you know, I can't believe this is the final arc. And we don't really have Barry Allen in entire episodes and this, that, or the other, and whatever, whatever, whatever. But for storyline reasons, it makes sense. And we also have to remember, yes, it is the final few episodes of The Flash. And the series is called The Flash. But there is an entire team. There's an entire cast of characters that should have, you know, um, that should have basically an important part throughout this final storyline. So, uh, yeah, I didn't mind that Barry popped in. Um, halfway through the episode, I felt like he popped in at the right moment and, uh, the, uh, I don't know if I should call it a double cross because it's not like it's, it's Nora. I mean, she's possessed, but what possessed Nora does negative speed force Nora does, uh, negative speed force possessed Nora does was actually really good. Like I was like, all right, she is, she's, she's deep in this possession. Eddie shows up, and it's enough of a distraction that Barry's able to speed himself and Eddie away to the West House, which is Eddie's house in the future. Eddie has a breakdown, crying that everything is wrong. Barry says maybe the two of them can stop the crystal and the negative speed force together. Eddie starts telling him that he had the life and memories of Malcolm Gilmore. When Barry picks up something in the house, it morphs into something of Joe's. Barry realizes a false reality made of negative tachyons. Barry realizes this is the work of negative speed force, which brought Eddie back to life to be its avatar. Um... Barry says the negative speed force is evil, but Eddie points out that it brought it back to life. 
and he chose if he chose the crystal, he could be the hero. How did you like how Eddie was playing the scene, starting to show some pre-villainous tendencies? But of course, Eddie at his core was a good guy, so there's conflict. I enjoyed Barry and uh, and Eddie together. I thought their scene was really, really good, based off of the history that they have. I thought the thing with Eddie is that I completely understood where he was coming from at that point in time. Like, Eddie, at the end of the day, is a good person. But everything that he's being shown and everything that he's remembering leads him to believe what um, what uh, Reverse Flash told him way back when, that he was a no one, that he basically did nothing, he's a blip, he's the only thon that ha- that gets forgotten. So those memories, the conversation with Barry, I thought Barry's whole... Uh, he needed a gentle touch because him basically saying you can just start your life over and basically just yelling at him, you know, don't get tempted, start your life over. You're here for a reason. We'll figure it out. Like he just remembered who he was. He just remembered that he died and he saw in the museum that the reverse flash was still alive and that the reverse flash was like the greatest villain the flash has ever had. Like, it's, you needed a much more gentle touch, Barry Allen. Like, your Tuck No Jitsu game was off. Um, And clearly it's a four-part affair, so, you know, it was going to be off. But I wish that he had just a gentler touch, because I feel like that would have prevented everything else. But, I mean, we have a storyline that needs to happen, so maybe it would have prevented nothing. No, I disagree with that. I think at the end, you know, Eddie was still unresolved. It's not until the next scene we're going to discuss that Eddie made his full turn. No, but I'm just saying it just in general. And at that point in time, Barry reacting the way that he did, I feel like probably was not the best. If he had a little bit more tact, I, it could have prevented other things from happening. But we'll never know, because clearly this is the way that the storyline was headed. Anywho, and but once again, the temptation of Eddie, I, I thought, was being played very well. In 2023, Chester goes to talk to Cecile. She tells him she feels like a failure for what she learns about herself in the future. She tells him that she feels like the choices she made means that she's going to lose her family. Chester gives her a pep talk and tells her that if she's making it work now, she should trust that she can do it in the future, too. He tells her that her greatest strength is her heart and her dedication to people she loves. bit treacly, but you know what? I liked how Chester played it. Now, we all knew Cecile would have to step up and take another try. Did you like how, A, the fact that it was Chester that did it, and B, did you like the way that he played it? Listen... We've had various different characters doing what we sort of like lovingly call like the Papa Joe pep talk. Uh, you know, we, we had clearly Papa Joe was like masterful at doing them throughout the majority of the series' run. Um, there was a moment, remember, where uh, in real life Jesse L. Martin had an accident and he was sort of like off camera for a moment and then like Cecile started doing them. And then other characters started doing it, you know, sort of pepping each other up, propping them up and making them feel better and that sort of thing. I don't believe we've ever seen Chester do it. I could be wrong. Maybe not to this extent. Um, but, like, having him have, like, officially his moment to do it worked for me. Um, I, I don't feel like this storyline was needed. Uh, I You know, it, it's one of those situations where we're on a time travel show, 
And we have seen kind of like the butterfly effect before where, you know, one decision in the present does end up affecting the future and that sort of thing. Because clearly Bart doesn't even exist in the future. But anyway, um, so like, uh, yeah, like this was one of the things where Cecile should have been like, this is a version of the future. You know, we don't know what it's like, uh, but you know, whatever. Like, it was a nice little moment for Chester. It worked for me. I enjoyed his pep talk, and Cecile clearly enjoyed it as well. It worked. I mean, it, uh, it, it, it you had to find a way to resolve that utterly artificial situation they set up by having Cecile react the way she did. And, you know, it was clearly done for plot purposes that, oh, we can't make it too easy uh, to, uh, to resolve this. Um, so, uh, yeah, but I did, I liked the way that, uh, that Chester played it, um, you know, basically, you know, calling her on what was bullshit. Um, uh, and then, you know, ex- explaining it in a way, but, and without actually saying bullshit, but and that was basically what he was saying to her. Uh, in the future, Barry and Nora face off, racing through Central City and fighting one another. It culminates on a rooftop where Barry attempts to appeal to Nora on the inside, beyond the possession, but it fails. She hurls him from the building and injures him. And honestly, I know he's got speed healing, but he's going to be pretty badly uh, whacked out there. Elsewhere in the city, Iris sits on her couch and is visited by Eddie. He tells her he has a decision to make and needed to see her to make it. He sees a photo of Iris with her family with Barry, uh, but it morphs into a photo of a family with him and Iris, and he decides that maybe he should stay. Now, Jeff, we've been talking about uh, uh, about Eddie throughout, and I've been wondering why Iris hadn't been seen. Um, so finally we get her, and I guess it kind of makes sense to hold her uh, you know, in reserve because you know, it's not like you know, they, they had any reason to bring her into it. You know, uh, the fact that Eddie suddenly showed up didn't mean that they would call uh, you know, Iris West Allen and expect her to race down to Star Labs. Um, future Candace Patton looked great. As you mentioned earlier, you know, this was the one example, I think, where they did the aging makeup and made it work. Uh, you know, she seemed authentically, you know, 26 years older, you know, in a very, you know, uh, a gentle way. But at least she did look older. And I guess it's obvious she'd be the one person Eddie would most want to see. So Eddie tries to win Iris over, but she tells him she loves Barry and her family and her life and rejects Eddie. It upsets him. He tells her she'll regret that and leaves after threatening her and everyone she loves. So for the first time, I was pretty convinced we weren't going to get a hero turn from Eddie. You know, the, the, the hopefully surprising, no, I repudiate this, uh, this crystal. Instead, it looks like his fate has been decided. So what did you think of the scene and Eddie's heel turn? Let's get into it. Candace Patton looked fantastic. You know, as as we both said, you know, the one character that they actually aged respectfully, it, it worked for me. I've still been, like, dying to, like, see aged Barry. Because I feel like whenever we've gone to the future, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Professor, we've never seen Barry, right? No, I don't think so. I mean, we had where he jumped a short period into the future, and we saw, remember, Emo Barry? Oh, yes. That was, oh, yeah, that was, like, the dark future, right? When, like, but yeah, when, I don't like, think we've seen uh, Barry, uh, you know, the 2049 version of Barry. And again, yeah. he'd be, you know, like, let's say, well, he's, what, 33 now, so at 26 of that, he'd be, you know, 50-ish. Yes. Um, unless, you know, he meets another baddie that de-ages him for another three years. But anyway, um, yeah, I've, I'm curious to see older Barry. Maybe we'll never see it. Maybe it's on purpose. Um, but, yeah, Candace looked... Fantastic. I will also say just really quick, the fight sequence 
we haven't seen as many speedster fight sequences this season, and I thought they did a good job with it. Like, I loved the CGI work of when, like, Barry got flinged through an entire building. He, like, went through window, through window, through window, through window. That worked for me. Um, I was also, I was a little confused as to, like, why he was so weak, just because I feel like other speedsters have done the exact same thing for him. And he, but he was, like, knocked out. Like, I was like, oh. I guess, you know, that's all the negative stuff, you know, and he's such a positive person, so the negative stuff is beating him down. Now, the conversation between Eddie and uh, Iris, once again, just to sort of repeat what I was saying with Barry, I wish that Iris would have had a little bit more tact. Like, you know, I get it. Like, you haven't seen this man in, like, 30 damn years. Like, more. Because uh, it was 26 years in the future. He died nine years ago. So that's almost 40 years that you haven't seen Eddie. But for him, and, and they have to understand this, because they deal with time travel and time... time I can't even talk. They deal with time travelers and time traveling, like, for him, it was, I'm assuming, just yesterday that he did his sacrifice. Maybe. Like, we don't know how long he's been there. But clearly he has had artificial memories and artific an artificial world that's been around him. As Barry said in the previous scene, you know, that the negative speed force basically, you know, created this world for him. So, for him, it's still so fresh. Like, I, I don't understand the tact that the West Allens have, they they lacked in the conversation with Eddie of, like, oh, you know, that was for you, like, moments, moments ago. Like, it's been almost 40 years for us. Like, I've established this life. Like, Barry Allen is the love of my life. Like, we have a child, kids. Ish. I think we saw Bart in the picture, but um, so we have children, and this is that of the other. Like, I, I I don't know. It's one of those situations where I think had the tone been different, maybe they could have prevented what was to come. I still think at the end of the day, and I said this in the previous podcast, it's still my sort of crackpot theory for the final episode. The goodness in Eddie will prevail. Like, Eddie, you know, does a heel turn, clearly, because that's where we're headed. But the goodness in him will pop out at the right moment, and uh, he will probably sacrifice himself yet again. But this time, it'll make a big impact. And maybe, you know, Eddie won't be forgotten. I, I do see what they did with him once you know as i've been saying and i like that they did bring up that eddie really has been a forgotten character i mean how many times do we actually think about eddie throughout the series this run i mean let's just be honest you know it was wonderful that he did the sacrifice clearly it did not work but he did die a hero at the end of the day uh, although he's not really feeling as as such you know, with everything that's well, going on. Well, unfortunately, you know, from, from the point of view of that, you know, even though he did die a hero, he wasn't recognized as a hero, right? Yeah. Team Flash knew what he'd done, but no one else knew what he'd done. Uh, it was all covered up and, and, and secret and everything like that. So, again, maybe if, if things had been handled differently then, 
um, although, you know, probably difficult to explain exactly what happened, um, that uh, that he wouldn't have felt that resentment. But maybe they could have played up a little differently, maybe by playing up the sense of being forgotten rather than the sense of uh, I've lost all the things that could have been mine. Because as you said, you know, you wouldn't have had the same child uh, with Iris as as Barry had for reasons of simple genetics, um, you know, to assume that, you know, everything is going to go back to the way it was before. And, uh, you know, to assume that uh, Iris is suddenly going to turn cougar. Uh, and go right. For yeah, because man. he's younger, like he's now 40 years younger than yeah. Iris. Now, and again, it didn't work out quite as well because, you know, Rick Cosnett has aged in the nine years. So he's, you know, nine years older, but I think that's one reason why they had to convincingly play, uh, Iris looking older, Mm -hmm. uh, because she was the only one who was going to be playing opposite, uh, the younger person. In fact, we get uh, a little bit more of that, uh, later on in the episode. I don't know how she would have handled it more tactfully. Um, you know, you basically have this, uh, this, uh, uh, this guy from your past basically saying, you know, the equivalent of, hey, leave your husband and your kids and go <laughs> off with me. And I don't know if you can really let someone down uh, too gently in, in those situations. But and again, sometimes you have to do these things for reasons of plot. Yes. Um, Nora prepares to kill Barry, but Cecile stops her by using her powers to throw the crystal out of Nora and saving her. Cecile then approaches Barry and reveals her hero name, Virtue. Bit of a flex. It's self-serving, as far as hero names go. Uh, as Barry and Nora make up, a storm forms over the city with red lightning. Uh, Jeff, how'd you like the resolution of the fight? Considering the negative speed force is, well, speedy, it took Nora an awfully long time to finish off Barry, and rather clumsily doing it with a, uh, a truck that, you know, rather conveniently could be captured uh, by Cecile made it feel just a little too, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Convenient. Would you have rather a tank? If she threw it, sure. Okay, good. So, um, once again, Cecile getting a new power. She's getting all Doctor Strange on us. You you noticed that I was the Doctor Strange. Trick. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yes. Um, is she going to, like, all of a sudden, like, create portals? Like, maybe that's just the next upgrade. I don't know. Uh, okay, I'll start off with the good. I loved the outfit. Like, for her, you know, being a a damn near 80-year-old woman, like, she was rocking that. Like, it was given Eartha Kitt's uh, Catwoman realness, and I enjoyed it. She looked gorgeous. I don't know. Imagine being Danny Nicolette. Second last episode, you finally get a kick-ass suit. Right! It only took, you know, 26 years. Yeah. Uh, look gorgeous, 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 gorgeous. The name Virtue, I didn't mind it. I don't know if it's a, there's a comic book counterpart. Um, maybe, maybe not. But I enjoyed the name. Um, I, I thought it was adorable. Uh, and uh, what she did with Speed Force Nora, like there was a lot of posture, posturing from the negative Speed Force. And... Uh, you know, I guess she took advantage of that, and uh, the the negative speed force did not see it coming. I loved her line of like, um, "I'm not gonna hurt her, but I'm gonna make you suffer." I don't know how much the negative speed force suffered in that moment, but it was still a neat little trick, nonetheless. And and I I thought it looked really spectacularly fantastic. The thing that confused me though is uh, maybe it's a situation of uh, um, muscle memory 
and that sort of thing. But like, how would 2023 Cecile know to do that? Yeah, that 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 is a bit of a problem in that she clearly couldn't access the memories of future Cecile, yeah, or she like would have how, known all that stuff. Yeah, how did but she this know time, she, was she just suddenly, yeah. Yeah, now that I'm thinking about that, how did she know she was virtue? And yeah. she, like, she could she have easily virtue? have just how said, "How did she know to do that?" It's it's uh, me. It's your. It's Cecile. also the second episode in a row in which one of the member of Team Flash takes down a god level character with a previously unseen power. Oh yeah, that is true. Oh yeah, because oh yeah, um, um, our girl Keon did a Thanos. Yeah. Oh, this is heavily influenced by the MCU. Oh, very much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wonder if the if Eric Wallace is uh, is uh, you know uh, going to submit these to uh, uh, to Kevin Feige looking for a job or to apologize for clear intellectual theft. <laughs> uh, at Star, Barry and Cecile catch the future team up on things. The attacks are happening simultaneously, which is why the team doesn't remember them. Timey-wimey bullshit. Uh, all that's left of the Speed Force lives in Barry's family now because Speed Force Nora is gone. At least that's one fewer Nora that we have to worry about. Uh, Chester discovers that the timeline is fracturing, hence the red uh, lightning bolts uh, in the sky, and they're running out of time, literally. Cecile says she warned the 2023 team. Iris and Barry talk, but Barry is once again dragged away by the blue energy. Elsewhere, Eddie sits in his lab. He starts destroying things and questioning why he was brought back and what he did to deserve this. The voice calls to him, and the crystal shows up in its case. Call back to when we first saw that crystal. The crystal shows him everything he can't have and tells him it's waiting for him. He just has to accept the power. Inside the crystal, we not only see what he's lost in terms of his family, but we see all of the speedster villains that we've seen on the show over the years, or at least I think it was all of them. He reaches out his hand and opens a vortex, and that's where we end. Jeff. Seems pretty obvious Eddie's been corrupted. I assume he's going to be going into the past to try to reclaim his previous life. But didn't that exact storyline already happen in which Reverse Flash took over Barry's life? Um, Now, there's one niggling thing bugging me, which is the vortexes. Eddie opened the vortex that killed Korber on his own. And he opened the vortex at the end of the episode without touching the crystal. So is Eddie a meta? And if he's been living in a simulation the whole time, because we saw how the things in his house were changing, we saw how his driver's license changed before. So again, there's there's all this simulation stuff going on around him. How is he able to interact with the real world as Malcolm if he's living in a simulation? It it, it just doesn't hold together for me. All right. Let me do the emotional stuff first. I loved the West Allen moment. I thought that was, once again, as we said, uh, or as you mentioned, with um, older Iris with Eddie, you know, seeing older Iris with present-day Barry worked incredibly well. I I loved it. I loved it, loved it, loved it. And I even loved that he was like, you know, what are we like? And she's like, you know, we're we're still in love, and it's the best love I've ever had in my life for no regrets and all that kind of stuff. Like, it, it worked for me. And then also the dramatic, he disappears, worked for me as well. Using Cecile to fill, uh, once again, the exposition to the present-day team, you know, if that's the reason why she's there outside of whatever that storyline was with her, her personal storyline, um, then it works for me because – you know, clearly the present day team, they need to know what's going down. I don't feel like it's the end of Speed Force Nora just because we have always heard from uh, um, the 
offspring, Nora, that, oh, big Nora, I like her, she's so nice. Like, she always, like, talks about her. And so, clearly she exists. We've previously talked about uh, Jessica Parker Kennedy's, like, baby voice to, like, age Nora. Nora's supposed to be 30 years old. And there was a scene in which... When she was, like, first possessed by the crystal and she was talking to Eddie, where she did, like, the baby voice. And I'm like, why are you doing this? Like, I don't understand that stylistic choice when Nora is supposed to be 30. Well, she was trying to play, like, someone who's being manipulated. So I think she was trying to just adopt a slightly different voice in order to uh, to get that. And you'll remember that uh, Jesse L. Martin. Uh, did something similar, not making his voice, you know, baby voice or anything like that. But he <laughs> was you imagine? In, a, in a different style or cadence when he was okay. possessed. All right, we'll go with that. Could you imagine if he had done the baby voice? But anyway, that's a whole storyline that we can imagine in our heads. Uh, or not. Okay, and and then the the time travel stuff with, like, that strange red storm and, like, the explanation of it. Like, all of that I thought was really interesting as well, it really just, you know, it, it sort of, like, sets the stakes for the next episode. You know, basically the timeline could potentially be erased because a new one's going to be created where I guess Barry Allen is just, like, wiped from existence and that sort of thing. The corruption of Eddie, for me, I've been saying this throughout the, this entire podcast, it worked. Like, I think Rick Cosnett played it really well. You know, the temptation, the shoulda, coulda, woulda, the, the I have been forgotten, the I, I, I am, am not uh, remembered by anyone because, you know, no one knows what I did. I sacrificed myself and, and it did not work out because the reverse flash was still around. Uh, what else was the other thing? Um, I could have had this life and that sort of thing. All of that worked for me. And, and, and you know, I said it before and I'll say it again. We have to remember the negative speed force corrupts people. We've seen it. We've seen it corrupt people that we like and, and we would see regularly. So seeing this happen to someone that we haven't seen in a while and even someone of, of, of all the goodness that Eddie was uh, – you know, I, I 100% believe it. The thing that you brought up with the portals, what I'm going to say, and I hope that we get an explanation of it, but if we don't, this will just be headcanon for me at least. Because he was resurrected by the negative speed force, I'm going to assume because he's like filled up with, as they keep on saying and as that damn fucking song reminds us, blue cobalt blue energy you know it must be within all of his system and even though he at the time was not aware of it like he was sort of like using that cobalt blue energy that i guess is now associated with the negative speed force even though it had never been in the past i guess but now it is associated with it um you know, he he has it in his system, so he can do that. So I don't think it's that he's a meta, but because he was specifically resurrected by the negative speed force, he has those abilities that were kind of latent, but now they're in full effect. So it could have been maybe even that the negative speed force within him was creating that little bubble, that cocoon that he was in. I also now kind of believe that even though... 
he had a job and all that kind of stuff, clearly, at Mercury Labs, and he had IDs. Um, maybe, as we've seen in the past with the other forces, maybe he ended up taking someone else's life that already pre-existed. And uh, maybe the negative speed force took out that person and replaced that person with Eddie and, and, you know, replaced their life with Eddie. That's the only thing that I can kind of think of because he did have a name and, uh, and that sort of thing. Yeah. I worry that, you know, in the headlong rush to the finish, they're just going to not even address this, that, uh, you know, cause it just doesn't make sense currently. Well, we only uh, have an know, hour left and now we're bringing back every single speedster that existed. Yeah, I know. Because, because, uh, because you know, Eddie had to have lived, you know, a life as uh, as Malcolm, and you know, he wasn't a scientist before, so how did he become a scientist now, uh, and, uh, and and all of this stuff. So it's uh, yeah, it's it's just striking me as a little too weird and convenient. Now I wonder whether the the portal thing might have uh, a bigger payoff. I'm I'm hoping it does, um, because it might give us a, a a way to resolve things. But anyway, yeah. it's our last chance for fearless prediction, as next episode is the last one. So Jeff, what are you hoping? for uh fearing might happen or expecting uh the teaser for next week reveals that tam tom cavanaugh and a bunch of other speedsters good and bad are back in some way uh and i think it's going to be a speedster team up goodies and baddies fighting together the alternative all the baddies ganging up on barry seems too obvious and too much of what we've seen before plus if the negative speed force is threatening all of this timeline it would wipe all of them out right so they all have a reason to work together Plus, I can't imagine Reverse Flash, Savitar, or Zoom being thrilled that there's a new faster baddie around. Um, one confident prediction I'm, I can make is that Carlos Valdez will not be returning. Oh! He spoke to uh, Entertainment Weekly uh, earlier today and said he was not returning. Now, obviously, you know, li- actors have lied about things in the past. I just don't think he'd lie to Entertainment Weekly. I think if it was like a podcast or, a, you know, an online site. Um, he might lie to them, but I, I can't see him lying to Entertainment Weekly because then you're pissing off, you know, a fairly respected, uh, you know, uh, uh, journal, uh, you know, entertainment journalism uh, outlet. But he said they tried to make it happen, just didn't work with his schedule because he was uh, uh, shooting that musical. Okay. Um, well, it's going to completely. Well, what I'm going to say is going to completely uh, disagree with that, maybe. Okay, um, just a really quick piggyback what we were talking about before. I hope we get, like, at least two lines of exposition about Eddie and what he was up to. Like, I don't know if we need full-on flashbacks because apparently this finale is going to be jam-packed with a whole bunch of stuff. Um, but I hope we we do get a better understanding about Eddie. I do feel like we will get the the turn and Eddie will, you know, sacrifice himself once again. I, I feel like he will and this time around he won't be forgotten yeah they'll they'll you know it'll end you know well not end necessarily but there will be like a a statue to him or something like that exactly and the flash museum will get a wing (laughs) dedicated towards him or or something like yeah um so so okay so so eddie clearly will be redeemed even though he will do nefarious stuff at a certain point um okay in my heart of hearts if I had the money and I was funding this, I would have done some sort of giant celebration of 
the Flash series as well as the Arrowverse. Like, in my heart of hearts, like, they should have Diggle back. They should have Kid Flash back. A whole bunch of other heroes and stuff that we have seen throughout the time that this show has been out and is an a- that is an ally of the Flash. And they should be helping out because this is a, a huge, incredibly important fight. We aren't going to get any of that shit. No, I mean... Yeah, no. why would you, you know, bring in all of the other heroes that you've clearly established? By the way, uh, this is, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, in terms of Easter eggs and stuff like that. When they were, uh, you know, trying to figure out how to contact Mary in the future, if you look carefully on the the white on the clear boards behind them, one of the ones was called the Wave Rider, but that had been crossed out. Oh, that's good. I'm glad that there was a little shout out. A little but shout yeah. out. Yeah, or in my mind, you know, the Wave Rider shows up, or, or some of the legends show up. Like, ideally in my mind, just because this is the end of the Arrowverse, so you go out with a huge bang. And, you know, if they would have done something like that, I think that would have been incredibly satisfying. Clearly, we're not getting any of that. Um, so, my hope is that we do end up getting a surprising team-up. I think what you're saying, Professor, is correct. We We are getting villains and it looks like they're going to be Team Cobalt Blue, even though we didn't get his name. Uh, but we got a whole bunch of Blue Roses, and we got the Blues song. And the subtitle for this one was Changes, so clearly Eddie's going to be changing. But, yeah, I think it's way too easy. And we know the Reverse Flash um, he's a neo-Nazi and a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, so he, he, he changes. He evolves with the tide. And I could see him ending up actually weirdly teaming up with the Flash to, to take down the speedster villain. I do want an explanation as to where these villains are being plucked from. Like, is this a Supergirl situation where uh, the villain of the final arc of Supergirl just created artificial versions of a lot of the villains that Supergirl fought, and that's what created sort of like this massive villains versus heroes fight? Or is the negative speed force controlled Cobalt Blue going to be plucking some of these villains out of time? So will we get like a bad version of Zoom? Or will it be, like, the... I'm trying to remember now what how Zoom was. Like, was he always bad? Was he good at one point? Like, I don't remember now. That was way back in season He was two. always bad, but he was posing as good. If oh, he was posing as good. It was a long time ago, and there have been a lot of speedsters. There have it's been a confusing. lot of speedsters. Yes. Okay. So maybe they can't put, pick out a good um, <laughs> Zoom. Um, can they pick out a good Savitar? It was just a berry from, like, a fragment of berry, right? Maybe they could find a, a good Savitar? I don't know. I don't think anyone's going to die outside of Eddie and maybe some of the villains that we see. Um, I don't think there's going to be any of our main people that are going to die. Uh, so they're all safe. Um, and uh, I don't think we're going to see Bart either because I don't feel like we got uh, any sort of casting soup about him. We are supposed to see a surprise person, remember? This was teased way back at the start of the season. And even some of the cast members were like, oh my god, it hasn't leaked, and you're going to be so surprised. 
And I think it's Carlos Valdez. I apologize, Professor, but I completely disagree with you. I think it is him. Um, actors have lied to major news um, sites and entertainment sites in the past. Famously, Madeline Stowe was interviewed. Um, this is going to spoil the series Revenge for anybody out there that's never seen it, so I apologize. But this is a series that aired, I think, like 10 years ago, or at least 10 plus. Madeline Stowe was on a television series called Revenge. It was on ABC. It was a big hit for the network. Her character died on the show. She was on TV line, like they do postmortems with characters, with actors, I should say, whose characters have died. And they did a full-length interview where she talks about, yeah, she died. I can't believe it. You know, she was this big villain on the show, but she died. The show, I think, went on hiatus for, for, for a moment after that episode. I could be wrong, or maybe it was just a couple weeks later. Her character was alive. She came back, and she did another interview with TV Line where she basically was like, I'm sorry, you know, I, I couldn't tell you, um, but yes, I, I did not actually die. So, not to say that this is exactly what happened with Carlos Valdez and Entertainment Weekly, but I just can't see anybody else being the surprise that we're getting in the next episode. Like, I, I can't. Just because we already saw Oliver, we already saw Diggle, we already saw Kid Flash. So seeing them again, what is it? That was episode 9, so 10, 11, 12, 13, four episodes later, isn't that much of like a, oh my god... This has to be someone that we haven't seen, unless they pull something really... No, I don't think they would do this. I'm like, you know, if they did some sort of freaky shit with Keown, and all of a sudden Caitlyn comes back? Like, I don't even think they would have been that, like, oh my god, this person is here. Who else could it be outside of Cisco? No, I, I think that's a good point, and indeed... Uh, you know, why would, you know, Carlos Valdez be giving a, an interview to them unless to throw them off the scent? And, you know, it, it, it does seem to fit into that. It just, it's usually when you get people who are, you know, I, you know the classic example of this was when, when Tatcha Mislandi was, uh, you know, uh, cast as uh, as She-Hulk. And she was like, oh, I haven't heard anything. You know, there, there's the different sort of, you know, denials and stuff like that. But to flat out say, I'm not going to be on the episode. Um, now that said, it, it could be that he was being interviewed for another purpose and it came up and, you know, he just didn't want to spoil it, but, uh, yeah, just, uh, and again, journalistically speaking, you know, we can't do our jobs as journalists. People are just flat out lying to us. Uh, and I get that you want to hide the uh, thing, but you know, then you, uh, you know, um, yeah, but you know, and the length of his, his answer made it seem, you know, and again, that could just have been him riffing on it, but you know, there are ways to, you know, issue a non-denial denial. Yeah, yeah, that would would, would have been great, but you know, uh, you know, unfortunately, I was really busy. But you know, the, the detail he went into uh, suggested. But then again, uh, you know, uh, again, uh, it will it will you know be that much uh, you know uh, stronger of a return um, if uh, if it was that. I just can't see who else in the show's history could return. Well, does it have to be someone in the show's history? Could it be? Uh, you know, someone from, you know, like, uh, you know, a, a, you know, someone from the uh, uh, the larger DC uh, cinematic universe or something like that. I can't imagine anybody outside of the Flash series that's a part of the Arrowverse that where the entire cast was like, oh, my God, they were able to come back. Listen, props to the paparazzi because the did Canadian they say come paparazzi back or did they say that we got this person? 
or, or whatever. Like I, I can't imagine anybody um, who who's so important to like the Flash show that I mean Supergirl. I mean I know that you mentioned that like way early in the the season. That would be kind of neat just because of the friendship that Barry has with her. But outside of her, like because we already they pulled the the um the well you know the Oliver Queen card. So it, I can't see him. Maybe he comes back again, you know, because this would be like a multiversal threat. I think I saw something about, well, technically not multiversal. Only we're ruining, only destroying this one timeline. Oh, just one timeline. So I think they, they specifically sort of put that in there to prevent him from doing that. I thought I saw somewhere that Diggle was going to be in the final episode. That would be neat. I wouldn't mind that. I don't but think that's, that's, you know, that's he's not been a on surprise, the show so though. often. He's, he's virtually recurring. It really, um, yeah, really. But no, I, I would I would love to see... Um, uh, you know, Supergirl come back, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Carlos Valdez, you know, you kind of have to have him, and like, to the point of view that we're so expecting it, that I, I wouldn't even be surprised if, if he showed up, that uh, that I wouldn't see that as a, a big surprise, but uh, I guess we'll see in one week's time. Yeah, I mean, once again, props to the Canadian paparazzi, because they snap everybody that's on the set, so either well, they only, did this uh, so only secret... Un- only- only stuff that they shoot outdoors. True, so but you would think that, that this big fight set. would be outdoors. Well, but it might be that they're not there for the big fight. It might be just someone showing up after the fight or something like that. Oh, okay. Do you have any or might be Carlos Valdez showing up on uh, on a video screen? Yeah. Do you have any predictions? Any anything big outside of clearly we're going to get a happy ending? Uh, well, I just wanted to revisit. You know, uh, how convinced are you that it's not going to be Nora who's born? Oh, that is a good question. Because it would be weird because, again, in the – I seldom watch the uh, the teaser. But in this one, uh, Nora does travel back in time, and she's there in the hospital waiting room. So if it's not her who's born, that's going to be a weird situation for her. Yeah. Part of me hopes that just because a recurring theme on the on the show has been – you know, whenever they think about the future, like that the future really isn't set in stone and that there are changes that can happen and that sort of thing. Much like even though, yes, Iris did end up um, getting the Pulitzer Prize, uh, it, it was done a little bit differently than she thought. Um, also, I didn't even mention this. I was very surprised that the West Islands live in the same damn loft uh, all, like 30 years later. Like that, It's that, a nice loft. Maybe it's, it's rent controlled. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's true, that. And hey, who can afford to buy a house these days? That is true. That is true. Um, But my hope is that, because she's got a big-ass belly, but the thing is, this isn't like it's like the 90s or something, where, like, you could kind of, you know, uh, the surprise twins and that sort of thing. Like, I I don't think they can do that in the year 2023, I was just thinking that, because I was thinking to myself, I like your idea that, you know, ah, it's baby Nora, but wait, there's another one. How, how could you not have noticed that? Yeah. Surely she's going for ultrasounds. Surely she's going for... uh, um, Now, unless there is, like, some sort of, you know... Timey-wimey. It's entirely possible you can get into, you know, timey-wimey shenanigans uh, that can change these things. Um, But, uh, yeah, there there would have to be some sort of at least a little hand-waving to explain it beyond the fact, oh, I didn't think I needed to go for an ultrasound. And maybe that's why they killed off Caitlin, because Caitlin would have been there doing ultrasounds on the reg and would have noticed the the second Yeah, the twins. I hope that it's twins, but now I feel like they're going to go the obvious route, and it's going to be Nora seeing the birth of herself. Um, although, if it turns out that 
it's a boy, and then we see Nora just disappear. Yeah, I, I, they're not going to do that. They're not, they're not going to <laughs> eradicate so sad. a character like that. <laughs> For like the uh, well, final scene. Almost, the, I think the only way they can pull a, a twist would be it would have to be twins because if it's not Nora, then Nora, by the laws of time travel, has to disappear. Oh, um, you know what? Maybe it might be Jordan Fisher. Just because we haven't we have not seen him this season at all, right? Hey, good point. Maybe the surprise it, is Jordan Fisher. Was it this season that uh, – no, it must have been last season that uh, uh, that Nora and Jordan went back in time for their uh, shenanigans um, yeah. with Eddie. Which that, that would be that a pleasant surprise, and, and he seems like a nice person, so maybe they're excited you know, to get his energy back. That might be – yeah. I mean I wouldn't be uh, like mad at seeing Bart because I enjoyed the character. Um, and we haven't seen him this season, so that would be a nice surprise as well. I still think it's Cisco, but if it's Bart, I'm fine with that. And in my hope of hopes, I hope that we get to see, because we haven't seen him before, um, I don't know how they would do it, maybe like a song at the end with a montage of, you know, the flash throughout the years, and then we see older Iris with older Barry. Yeah, well, that's you know the one thing we haven't seen, which is uh, as you mentioned before, yeah. uh, older Barry. Now um, uh, there is a little interesting fact that maybe we'll mention also next week. Apparently, Grant Gustin got COVID during the final days of shooting uh, oh. the the next episode, and uh, he was supposed to have a scene with a character. I'll mention it next week when there's probably going to be greater context because there there will be interviews with Grant Gustin and that sort of thing, actually explaining it maybe a little bit better. But apparently, he was supposed to have a scene with someone, but because he got COVID, he like that scene was like rewritten and redone in a different kind of way. So uh, so yeah, so I, I wonder how much Grant Gustin catching COVID will affect what we see in the next episode. So that might be something to look at. Like, does Barry give people hugs and that sort of thing? Okay, time to choose the MVP. All those questions and more will be answered in one short week. State which character impressed you throughout the episode and why. Once a character's been chosen, they cannot be selected again. So choose wisely. Jeff, who is your MVP and why? Well, I've been alluding to it throughout the whole this whole damn podcast. Uh, Rick Cosnett for me. Uh, I enjoyed what we got from him acting-wise in this episode. I thought he played, you know, a resurrected, confused, um, who am I? I'm being tempted. Um, but no, I, I can't be tempted. But I want my life back. But I wish I could have had that life. And I don't know who I am. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Like, all of that that he was selling, like, I bought it. And I was cool with it. I thought his acting was spot on. And seeing sort of Eddie spiral throughout this episode worked for me. You know, uh, I wish we had a better explanation for how long he was living this life and all that kind of stuff. But because we didn't get it in this episode, and I'm going by acting choices, I thought Rick Cosnett as an incredibly confused and highly susceptible and then uh, clearly potentially villainous Eddie, uh, it worked for me. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. I can't wait to see him in his uh, speedster super suits next week. So for me, the MVP was Eddie. 
halfway through the episode when uh, you know Cecile went into the future and saw herself and looking good and her trying to fit in despite clearly not having the necessary memories. Um, you know, uh, I was convinced, oh, this is going to be my MVP. And then the whole, oh, I can't do this because I'm going to be a bad mother, just totally spoiled it for me. So honorable mention to uh, to Danny Nicolette. Oh. It wasn't her fault. It was the writing, but still can't give it to Cecile. But I will give it to Chester. Uh, I really like Chester's, uh, you know, uh, pep talk to her. Uh, I thought it, uh, you know, especially because it started out with, you know, his sense of what, me, I should be the one to do this. Uh, but, uh, you know, Keon was right, as she kind of is just strangely right about everything. It's she's, a like she's a goddess. Oh, wait, mm-hmm. she is. Um, but uh, I thought he, the, the way he played it, it wasn't, the, you know, the, the standard sort of uh, uh, of pep talk that you get. Because, as I said, he did call her on the, the bullshit of her assumption and, and basically point out to her, look. You're a superstar. You're handling all of this. You've handled it in the past. You'll handle it in the future. Now, do what you got to do. So I liked that scene, and it was uh, you know a different side of Chester that we we haven't had before. Now, for the second last time, how would you rate this episode on a scale of one to ten lightning bolts? The point system is allowed. If you found the episode exceptional, deserving of more than a ten, you may archive the episode in the Flash Museum. I guess that means Jeff, I'm first. I, I, yeah, <laughs> I, you're the only person. I know, right? Okay, all right. I nitpicked this episode a lot, but I actually did enjoy it. Like, I, I found myself enjoying it. There there were elements where I was like, really? But as an overall story, like for us to view Eddie's descent into villainous territory, I didn't mind it as much. Um, so I was along for the ride. I, I thought everything else outside of really the ridiculousness that was the Cecile subplot worked in a way. Like, do I still have questions? Yes. We have an entire episode left, so if we don't get the answers, I'll probably bitch about it in the next episode. Uh, But for this episode, I I was fine with what we were given. Um, I I, Especially uh, Eddie, uh, Future Iris... Barry, like all of that worked for me. And and we even got a pretty decent fight sequence. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I gave the previous episode an 8.75. And I will continue with that for this episode. It wasn't as fantastic as the first one. I still think the very first hour that we got has been thus far the most solid hour of this New World arc. Um, my hope is that next week is uh, uh, like of that great quality that we got in that first hour. Yeah, I agree. Nothing has has lived up to that first hour. It'll be interesting once we have the full four episode arc. Uh, to, yeah, to judge it as a you've whole. said that before about like multi episode arcs. You know, yeah, sometimes it's, you can't it's tough to you know judge. because they are having to stop in the middle of something, and sometimes that can be unsatisfying. But you know, they they do have things that they have to resolve later, so that that does limit them. And uh, you know, I think it'll be uh, you know interesting to look back on on the four episode arc and decide you know whether it hangs together as a, as a unified piece. Uh, in a way that, you know, sometimes the whole is more than the sum of its parts. Um, as for me, I liked it better than last week's episode. And, and, you know, while I did have some complaints, most of them were more of the sort of complaints you have after the episode. Uh, like you, I enjoyed it in as I was watching it. Uh, I thought the fights were good. I thought, uh, yeah, just but yeah, at the time, the the whole Cecile thing did kind of take me out of the episode. Uh, but I liked it better than last week's episode. So I'll bump it up to about an eight. 
Join us next time for a brand new final installment of The Central City Citizen. Here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Just search for The Central City Citizen and subscribe. Thanks, announcer. Jeff, please wish listeners a good night. Have a wonderful night, listeners. Just keep your fingers crossed that whatever you desire for the finale ends up coming true. We're all going to, you know, put positive energy out there that we get a solid hour of television that will not only end The Flash, but also the Arrowverse as well. Thanks for tuning in. Subscribe to The Central City Citizen by Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. New episodes release every Friday. You can also download the entire series by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. Good night. During this podcast, we'll be having an in-depth discussion on the CW's The Flash. Please welcome my co-host, Dimitri Wijak. I'm going to start again because in addition to that, my phone started ringing. So, God damn it. Let me just turn off the ringer. Uh, So, join us next time for a brand new penultimate episode of The Central City Citizen. Here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Actually, it would not be the penultimate episode. Oh my gosh, you're right. I, I threw that in there for as because uh, I tried to drop as many penultimate references as possible. I know Dimitri would have learned a new they word. Would piss off Dimitri. <laughs> yes. <laughs>